Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. <laughs> You're welcome. One take. We'll not re-record it. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is andy and i'm naomi we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners naomi do you remember was last episode maybe the episode before i talked about we we, we got to write a a banger of a hanukkah song some mm-hmm. people had uh sent us in was it sharon jones sharon jones and the dap kings they did come through with a hanukkah joint i refuse to listen to it because i want to make this wow. song pure wow i want to make this song pure without hearing other people's interpretations wow. of what a Hanukkah banger uh, engenders. But uh, I was th- thinking, you know, as I've been trying to figure out, well, what, what kind of, you know, is it like a like uh, a Hanukkah fight song? <laughs> Crow Maccabees? I don't know. That stuff sounds cheesy to me. Yeah. It sounds cheap, like, because it really it's a minor holiday, right? Minor holiday. It's only elevated to the position it's in because of its proximity to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So what we really need 
is a pro Hanukkah mm-hmm. anti Christmas song. We need a song that attacks Christmas like it is a a political ad, you know, a negative political ad, you know, where it turns to black and white and you hear that those strings in the background. You know, it's funny because you said, you know, not a fight song, but in a way, these are fighting words. Right. These are fighting words. Right. You want a song that really does attack. Yeah. You want a song that starts some shit. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, and I don't yeah, know yeah. if I can lend my voice to that. <laughs> You're you know, gonna have to try to start fighting. With You're moms. gonna have to. I ain't trying to get the elf and the minch to go at it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. On the bench, on the shelf. You know? Yes. No. No. The elf. It, it's. It, you know. This is all about like. Well, what is? What do we really know about the elf on the shelf? <laughs> right. 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 What do we really know about have Santa you noticed Claus? You've been missing things in your house. Mm-hmm. Why don't you look mm-hmm. at that elf on the shelf? And really just kind of start something. That's good. Man, we have had a bunch of packages stolen lately. <laughs> you guys, people are stealing the meaning of the holidays. Okay? <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. We do a lot of ordering, as you know. We're reclusives. And so, but it's now. It's because people are like, oh, it's the holidays. Whatever people getting, it must be something good. They out here stealing left and right in these streets. There is no recourse. Comedian Sarah Schaefer makes these amazing ornaments and the one that Andy got me, which is a mini murder board, did arrive, thank the Lord. Okay. But the one I bought myself that is like two different ornaments, one that says fuck around, the other one that says find out, put it on different parts of the tree, honey. It is gone. It has been taken. This is the thing that I was saying earlier where I'm just like, and also uh, a, uh, some stocking stuffers I got that are very specifically for you, Naomi, and that I think very few people, specifically people who would steal a package in the first place, would be into. Yeah, nothing particularly useful, real specific niche items. Yes. And so I, what I mentioned, I found the empty box when I was walking Mabel earlier today, and this you is what set this all off, uh. where I found the empty box on the ground about a couple houses down from us, and I'm just like, they opened this. I'm sure if I, I would find your things thrown in the dumpster that was then two houses further down from that i'm sure it's there because this is stuff people want and i'm like look i get you want to steal food from us i'm very happy like i'm not happy, happy but you know i'm You'll not happy understand. but I'm like, understand. i understand that i understand stealing like anything that like it's necessity or like that's like an item that you know what if we had a tv delivered we don't but like what if we had someone right. and someone stole it i'm like yeah i get that but this stuff it really this is what re- like it has I'm no actually, resale value yeah. on the black market no okay? nothing You're, you've really just out of luck yeah and it you really, just did something terrible like sarah shaver ornaments wonderful but like unless you were us or you know other people that are like us you wouldn't like you know you wouldn't want that stuff and so you're just ruining our day right for something you don't give a shit about and won't give a shit about either i know that's what bothers me i, I know, wish there could course. be it's not fair it's look yeah y- you've been stolen from and stealing i think you know is one of those things because there is hardly ever any recourse you never know who did it you just know it's gone and so it's also one of the more frustrating indignities because it is, you're really powerless. You can't do nothing. It's like yeah. literally just like, okay, it was taken. Well, I wish there was like a stamp that the post office could put on something that's just like weird shit <laughs> so that people are just like, oh, okay, this is not right. worth stealing. This right. is not a, uh, this is not a DVD of heat. Exactly. No resale value. It's not a niche. There's not a Blu-ray of. Uh, it should be niche-ish. niche <laughs> yes. Something. Yes. Something. Yes. A stamp that just says niche. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's like stop it, leave it, let it be. Yeah. There's not a Blu-ray of Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> oh yeah, that's valuable. <laughs> but I can understand someone stealing that I over can't. over 
the stuff. And I'm not I'm not naming it because the person might send a replacement. Bless so I don't want to name it yet. Yeah. In, yeah. in case you you will see it, Naomi. Mean, possibly oh, oh, might. Oh, the surprise for me. Yes, it possibly might be a surprise for you. That's why. That's very sweet. But uh, Naomi, before we get into the the episode today, and what a good episode it is. I'm very excited for this. I want to play two things. One, an update. Want to comment? I love them. Let's start with this update first. And I don't, they do all the uh, setup, so I don't Perfect. have to say Bless anything. Bless you. Thank you when you get, are specific. Don't just be like, I had called in before. It's like, how do you know we do this nine times a week? You got to <laughs> specify what you say when we do it. Here we go. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Um, this is just an update, a really happy update. And feel free to share this, but you don't have to. Um, I was uh, asking a question that was answered a long time ago, maybe in 2020. Um, during an episode with Langston Kerman, and I had asked about how to bring up the topic of marriage to your partner um, without making them feel, like, afraid or, like, you're in a rush. And uh, if you recall, um, my partner overheard me telling a friend that I got on your podcast, and my question was answered, and that opened up the conversation of marriage for us. And turns out we were actually both kind of on the same page, and um, that kicked off a lot of talk about engagement and for the last six months, he's been planning a proposal for me um, that was a surprise over Halloween. So we are now engaged, and I'm super happy, and I'm really excited, and I'm excited to be planning my wedding. I hope you guys talk a little more about wedding planning, if that's something that you want to do. But anyways, thanks so much for all of your help <laughs> over the years. And um, yeah, love the podcast. Keep it up. You guys are great. Okay, bye. Okay, our first couple's therapy engagement, maybe? Maybe, or maybe. up there. This is huge. There. Okay, congratulations. That is wonderful. Also, very smart move. Mention that your question was on the podcast in <laughs> his vicinity. And then it really gets things going. Very smart, very mm. sly, very subtle. Mm. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. We love to hear it. And wow, six months surprise. This guy, he's, he's serious. He's all in. A Halloween surprise? I hope your parents are not getting in the way of your planning. <laughs> uh, Okay, here's a comment now on a recent... I don't know. They said it was the most recent episode. I don't remember that, but I don't remember us saying this in this one, but I could be wrong. Again, we do this nine times a week. Hey, Naomi and Andy. Um, so I was just listening to your most recent episode, and Andy had made a comment about how the huh, younger generations want to eat ass constantly, and they only said, oh, I thought it was like the older people, like they got nothing left to do. But I can tell you as a millennial, I have had a handful of men who want to eat my ass and it just grosses me out. It's disgusting. Like, you don't know what's there. Like, why would that be on your mouth? And then they try to kiss you. Ooh, ugh, I can't even. Um, but I will say, uh, yeah, I've definitely experienced um, my share of ass eating men. And it does not work for me, so I am single, and I will continue to be single. This isn't an advice. This is just a follow-up to your episode. Um, thank you so much. Love you guys. Um, have a great day. It's Friday. Woo-woo. Okay. Okay. If your <laughs> memoir is not called My Share of Ass-Eating Men, you ain't doing it right. Okay? What? First of all, this is hysterical that you were here. You're like, I gotta call to call in and let them know this is not here happening. <laughs> and thank you, thank you for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. It's huge. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that's so yeah. Funny. Wow. So do we have it wrong? Who knows? We don't Who knows? know. But they're but offering. In- they're offering. I'm gonna say this by the way. You you were like, it seems like you 
created this dichotomy where you're like, either I get my ass eat, ate, <laughs> or yeah. I'm single. Eaten. Uh, eaten. <laughs> um, or you're single. I think there is there are a plenty of people in between there. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, you can yeah, find yeah. the people who are also either neutral. Yep, ass nooch. Ass nooch or ass neg. Yep. <laughs> Who who we, uh, you can date? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have faith. We, we have, have faith. We have faith that you can find the ass yeah. neg and ass nooch, folks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, guys, there's a couple more things until we get to this wonderful, brilliant episode. Now, if you are a member of the Patreon, just a little reminder: this Sunday we've got two chances for a Patreon hang, depending on your schedule. Two p.m. PST for an hour. And then 3.15 for another hour. We need a 15-minute buffer, okay? We're like therapists. We got to get up. We got to go to the bathroom. We got to get our notes in order. Probably have to take Mabel to the lawn to pee, something like that. Something like that. But it's going to be chill, you guys. Come in. Come with questions. We'll chat with you guys. Just a little holiday hang. Bring yourself a snack. Bring yourself a bev. We're going to have a little talk. Yeah, I'll post post links on that day uh, on the page. So uh, uh, look forward to that. Also, I was thinking about this. I'm like, we don't really promote. We have t-shirts. We have lots of t-shirts. We don't really promote that often i mean i think some are sold out at this point but um but uh the holidays the holidays are coming the holidays are coming honey i got jubu t-shirts jubu t-shirts two font options two font options the link is in the show notes if you want to grab yourself a jubu tea for the jubu in your life even if that's you boo if you boo a jubu naomi a t-shirt naomi i'm sick of all these promotions I want to get into the episode. Who's our guest today? Our guest today is the wonderful, the perfect Jared Goldstein, a hilarious comedian you have seen on Comedy Central, as well as shows like Modern Family, Dollface, The Unicorn. He has a daily radio show on AMP called Tangents Welcome every day at 3 p.m. Jared is giving it to you, people. Jared was also in an episode of Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, my God. That's the stuff. Serving Rizzoli, giving Isles. (laughs) (laughs) Without further ado, honey, let's get to Jerry Goldstein. Roll it. I'm going to keep that part in there, too. You're welcome, one take. (laughs) I will not re record it. (laughs) I love that. Good. Now, we've convened this podcast here today. <laughs> we're, by the way, we are changing the focus of the show. It's hot goss from here on out. I want to know, Jared, what do you have to say about the things Chandler said about <laughs> Keanu Reeves? Wait, what? I have no idea. I saw something, too. It was like Chandler apologizes for comments about Keanu Reeves, and it's like, what comments oh. he made about Keanu? This is, by the way, this is going to air weeks and weeks <laughs> after this was in the quote-unquote news in the first place. It is basically like Chandler. What's his real name? Matthew Perry? Matthew yes. Perry is, has written a Wait, can I memoir. guess? Let me guess. Let me guess. Don't okay. tell me what he said. Let me guess. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. I think he said that friends is better than speed. <laughs> which would not have been something anyone said in uh 2004 in brooklyn in williamsburg hello everyone hi get it. my name's andy <laughs> we'll be right back after this oh lord i'm having a day i really i, I ate too much at dinner i'm still kind of recovering oh wait what did and, you have for dinner <sighs> you know what i hadn't eaten all day and then when i got to dinner i went a little too hard that's oh, what it is you know what i mean that, sometimes when you withhold yes. and then you just go Yes, that 
that's that's part of the danger it's like this double-edged sword of like if you're not on your on a good schedule it can kind of perpetuate itself it's real bad it's real bad trying to trying to figure it out trying to find the middle ground you know it's much easier huh was the food good yeah I'd give it a solid B. Yeah, no. No. No one. one, Oh, no. If something is quality, you don't take a long pause and then stretch out the syllable. Yeah. No one's one's like, uh, uh, hey, T.S. Eliot's uh, poem, The Wasteland, is that any good? You wouldn't be like, "Eh, I guess. I also, I probably would. It's like T.S. Eliot's oh, come poem. On. You love the wasteland. You know it. You have me Jared, read it to you. Jared, we have really can't. Night. Andy and I can't be talking to each other. <laughs> we <laughs> need to hear wait, from wait, hold you. Hold on, hold on. Why? Because I don't, like, I'm not getting any of the bits so far. So <laughs> I, I don't know we, what, I have no, if it helps, I don't know anything you're saying. Either one of <laughs> So to close the loop on Matthew Perry, he said in his <laughs> memoir that he was furious when River Phoenix died. And he was like, why couldn't it have been Keanu? Oh, God. And I'm just like, was River Phoenix such a good actor? Like, such a a once-in-a-generation actor that you were that furious? Wait, they weren't close friends? I'm trying to understand. I think he was angry that, like, an acting legend, or, like, Heath Ledger, I think, was his, like, his two. Which I'm like, sure, I guess Heath Ledger is a good actor. But I, I don't know if I was like... But also, no, no, no. Why do you need another person to have died? You can just be sad someone died. End of sentence. Do you know what I mean? We don't need I to bring exactly. Keanu in it. Wishing for his death. Clearly he watched My Own Private Idaho. <laughs> which Jared, I think this- Whitmer, Thomas, and I, we got something in the works. We're going oh, yeah. to be rebooting that at some mm, point. Really? I tell you, if Whitmer, Thomas isn't rebooting Drop Dead Fred, I don't want to see it. Okay. <laughs> But that's not why we brought you here. We brought you here to talk about your inner heart, your soul, your... Your love life. Your love life. And I guess what I'm wondering is, do you let love in? You are a very friendly man. I think of you as a person about <laughs> town, right? Like, you you know, I, I just saw you a couple days ago where I'm like, you just come to shows just to hang out. And, when you know, so you're about town. But at the same time... Is anyone seeing behind the curtain? You know, that's a really good question. At this time in my life, I'm trying to let more people see behind the curtain. I am actively opening the curtain. Did you guys see the movie Arrival? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you like it a lot? Now ask us if we remember anything from the movie Arrival. Well, it's kind of nice if you forget because then you can read the short story, which is beautiful, and Mm. you can re-go on the journey. Okay. Re-go. And that's a word. That is a word. (laughs) Re-go. Look it up. <laughs> um, uh, so there's a there's a there's a, a line in that movie and in the and in the the short story that just mm, it broke my heart. Where Jeremy Renner, uh, she asked in the short him, story, yeah, Jeremy in the Renner. short story, Jeremy Renner is asked <laughs> by Amy Adams in the short story. Um, it's Amy Adams, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you could go back and live your life all over again would you do anything differently and then he goes i don't know i guess i would tell people how i feel more and i was like so i'm trying to i'm trying to do that because i was recently like retelling that part of the movie to somebody and then i was like oh you're not doing that so let's start doing that so i'm starting to tell people how i feel and it's going really well i have to say i'm letting love in and out I'm going to let love out right this second on the pod and just say, I'm a fan. 
I listened to the podcast. I've listened to many pod episodes of this podcast. And it's very exciting to be sort of living in this episode, in this moment with you both right now. Wow. wow. Thank you. Wow. That's huge. I am honored. Now, can I ask, what was stopping you from telling people how you felt before you kind of had this, uh, before this you short story arrival. epiphany? Fear, self-preservation, <laughs> doubt. Maybe that's the whole list. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what you learned on Long Island? <laughs> yes. Yes, they teach, they'll teach you that. <laughs> Wait, no, no, not Long. Wasn't it Staten? Well, it's Staten now, but it, oh, no, okay. I, I was, I'll walk you through it. I was born in Brooklyn. Very, very cool. Very cool <laughs> part of New York. Uh, but when we were six, we moved to Long Island. Boo, uh-huh. boo, bad. Where um, on Long Island? Woodmere. It's where Harvey Milk is from. Oh. Also, Jill Zarin, equally important historical <laughs> figure. Um, Who is that? <laughs> Oh, uh, she's one of the original New York housewives. Ah, I <laughs> laughed. Zarin Fabrics. I really wanted to be part of the gang, and then I'm just like, just you know what? Let's be honest. Let's yes, tell people how you feel, feel about Jill Zarin. <laughs> um, my parents have since moved to Staten Island, uh, but I never lived there, or grew up oh, there. Okay. But I have family there, and now I will, you know, occasionally find myself on that island. Now, do you think them moving to Staten Island was an attack on you? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> because I was I was pretty clear with them when they were ready to move. I said, go back to Brooklyn, full circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not, that's not how this worked out. But maybe in the future. When you go back, like when you go to visit, do you stay with them on Staten Island? Or I do you kind of stay in the, stay in one of the other boroughs and then visit? One of the other boroughs, because my sister lives in Williamsburg. Mm. Okay. So that just makes things pretty simple. Ooh, and I do plan to dox my entire family one by one on this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, is your sister younger or older? She's older. She investment banker? What's she doing living in Williamsburg <laughs> in 2022? <laughs> she's doing well. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, she's obviously. Doing well. She's obviously doing well. Yeah. Um, are y'all close though? Like, did you? We grow really up? are. Okay. We here's the Always. thing. We were not that close growing up. Like my sister and I were. I really wanted to be my sister's friend. My sister was extremely popular, very well liked, um, and I was not. Uh, and <clears throat> she wanted nothing to do with me growing up. Really? Like when we were kids, she came into my room once, and I remember it because I was like. <gasps> I felt like a celebrity was in my room. I was like embarrassed about if my room was dirty. I was like, oh my God, she's in my room. And I would go into her room every day at some point, you know? Um, so so that was kind of the dynamic. Um, wow. Wait, how many, now, how many years older was she though? She's two and a half. So oh she yeah, was so not a, that much older. It yeah, was she really was a like... junior when I was a freshman. So we okay. were in high school together for two years. Okay. What made her popular and you not? She was very well um, liked. She's very pretty. Well, so she, are you. Uh, the Goldstein's hot, hotties. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, but here's the thing. I was an extremely late bloomer. I looked about nine years old until I was about 16 years old. Uh-huh. So okay. that wasn't, you know, the best in high school. I used to like go out to lunch with my friends and then I would catch my reflection, our reflection, and I would double take. And I would go, why, who's that little 
kid with these teenagers. And I go, oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, man. oh, no. Gen Z would freak out. They hate age gaps. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, they okay. hate age gaps. So if you were if you were like looking like nine, hanging out with sixteen year olds, they would freak. Oh yes, is that true, Gen Z listeners? Let us know. <laughs> we don't have Gen Z listeners. We could never. I'm too weary <laughs> for Gen Z. No way. No way. Okay, but wait though. Also, the, I I remember this from, you know, when you did my Largo show, you were a child actor, a Broadway baby, a Broadway baby. How mm-hmm. old were you when you stopped doing that? I stopped doing that when I was 17. Oh, okay. Um, the last job I ever had in musical theater <laughs> was in Spring Awakening, from which I was replaced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. You were with Leah Michelle. I you, was. You were I was with all of them. It was, it was really wild. It was, it was a very exciting experience. It was. But yeah, because you just you really knew the show. Like everyone knew, like this show is obviously going to be huge. Uh huh. Wait, why did you get canned? I just wasn't really ready to be working at that point because my voice changed. So when you're a child actor and you're singing and you're doing theater, there is this looming threat <laughs> of which puberty. Is puberty, yeah, <laughs> looming. And threat it's of there's like there's the lore. The stage moms are kind of whispering about, did you hear what happened to Michael? Did you hear what happened to Chris? Um, hey, do you know where Randy's testicles are on their journey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their journey. And it would really, you know, it, it took people out. It took people out left and right. We Ooh. lost some really good ones, myself <laughs> included. Um, I was really optimistic about it. I was like, this is going to be fine. Like, I, I'm a good singer. I am going to, you know, just keep being a good singer what 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 what's gonna go wrong and then my voice changed and it did simply leave the voice wow. just picked up its bags left and it never came back really um, that's well, crazy. okay like, here's the thing because like I, even if you were a little lower you could still like you could you know how to carry your tune like you you know what i mean you know yes but here's the problem your voice starts cracking and it gets very weird and 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 bad for a while mm. so like there's a few years, depending on how quickly you go through the process. Some people, you know, fly right through it. Jabra did not. It was a long, oh God, it was just like acne and like just all of my joints hurt from like a growth spurt. I grew seven inches in a year and a half. What? I have stretch marks from growing. Yeah. Um, it was like puberty hit me like a ton of bricks and it came really late too. Like it was a very, the whole thing was just so, so (laughs) traumatic, not to say traumatic, um, with less than 10 minutes into the podcast, but (laughs) small um, T traumatic. Yeah. Just like mainlining creatine and bovine growth hormone. What was going on? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, you know, here's, I think. I wonder how much of it was mental where like puberty just wasn't coming and it just wasn't coming and it just wasn't coming. And I wonder how it's literally started um, like according to a professional timeline, which makes me wonder if there was some part of my body just going like, (gasps) like, hold on to it. Just keep this in order for another nine months so you can do this one more job and you can finish that job. And then once it's over, then you're allowed to grow. Uh I do wonder if there was some sort of mind over matter kind of subconscious (laughs) um, 
pushing away of the inevitable. Mm. But now, you know, growing up, again, you're on Long Island, but you're coming into the city and you're doing Broadway. I'm still trying to unpack this whole you is not popular or well liked because to me it seems like that would come with some social cachet oh yeah especially on long island there's nothing high school kids love more than theater and the theater kids are always the most popular kids (laughs) in any high school you're literally both right you're both right and that's kind of where the that's kind of where the answer is like there was a cachet the coolest day of school was the monday after i was in a sketch on snl and Actually, it was a Tuesday because on Monday people asked me about it, and then on and then I said I have the tape. My parents taped it. Do you want me to bring the tape? And a teacher was like, "Bring the tape." So Tuesday, <laughs> I brought the tape, and we watched it. We put the cassette tape in, and we watched um, this this sketch that you know we taped, and and then in every next class there was always at least one student from the prior class, and they would say, uh, "Teacher, Jared was on SNL this weekend, and he has the tape, and we should play it." <laughs> So I played it in every, every single class. class all day long. And, uh, you know, that had a lot of cachet and that was very exciting. But also I was, you know, doing theater, um, which is not the coolest thing to do uh, to teenagers. Um, also, I was missing a lot of school to uh-huh. do it, which okay. was also very cool. But but they didn't. But, you know, ultimately, I just wasn't there. I wasn't yes. there yes, to yes. people for people to kind of interact and befriend. And I was busy on the weekends and in different ways. And um, and also, you know, it was theater. So, right. right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe because I grew up in New York where I just felt like there's nothing you wanted more when you lived outside the city than to be in the city they and coming to shows. Yes. Right? Your understanding of the world is so warped by New York. You're like, Jews are thriving. Everyone yes. loves Jews. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves theater. Yeah. yeah. And then you take like- I would see the Bridge and Tunnel kids, and you could tell they were being teed because they were dressed up for the theater. Because I said, you're from out of town. I the was kids, cooler. The kids who were like, I'm in like my Sunday outfit. To go see a show, I said, "Oh, bless them! This is I just their was big trip." Cooler than the theater kids doing science Olympiad. Okay. <laughs> okay, well that's some Pennsylvania bullshit. Okay, no way science Olympiad. I'm was sorry cool to anyone. I'm sorry that Guys and Dolls didn't take yeah. our high school by storm. We did Guys and Dolls, and that was a capital T trauma. I'm going to just say that. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> that was the year after I was fired and no longer working. Actually, that's not true. It was the year before, but it was the year after my voice had changed and I was sort of now like in a in a, in a liminal space um, and did the musical. It was my first year in high school doing the musical because the first two years, she was busy. <laughs> On actual Broadway. <laughs> yes. So then I'm now there doing the show, but not only am I there, but I'm like actually the worst one with the most attention. Oh God! Would you play Joey Snake Eyes? So yeah, it was so it was so bad. I just I really should have just sat it out. I think I just in hindsight. Wait, why'd you do it? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I just felt like I had to. Like it was like I felt like I didn't have an identity, or my identity before singing was being bad at sports. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, it, it truly was what it was. It's what it was. Uh, in in middle school, I ran an eleven minute twenty four second mile, and that's so funny. Is, you say that like it's bad when you know your girl did thirteen. Mm-hmm. You, know you did thirteen? Yes, yes. You ain't. Are you for rushed. real? I ain't rushing, Jared. 
Okay. As soon as I could not like jog anymore, I said, okay. Yeah, we'll I'm probably we'll around. Send it I in. can't remember what it we'll was. We'll it in. I'm sure mine was somewhere between like was like 10 minutes or something. I can't I, I know that I was not like about to like zoom around the track oh, just wow. for some All right. Weird... Three losers. Three fucking <laughs> losers. That's why you're here. Practical gym teacher. That's the podcast origin. What was your mile? <laughs> 10 or more? You get a podcast. You get a podcast. <laughs> but now I'm doing them in 4 minutes. After you did your Is that true? I mean, no, it's not, okay. which is why I did not respond, Jerry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you come out of this, right? And as you said, like puberty kind of came late, but then it, it which on one hand, you're like, I want to, I want to be like, you know, as you said, you don't want to be like shocked by your reflection anymore. But yeah. at the same time, it took away, you know, this thing that really defined you. So then once you graduate and then you get to college, are you... Doing drugs, yes. <laughs> yes. Were you all like, I'm reinventing myself. I'm a new Jared. These people don't know my past. You know what I mean? Like, were you trying to like no. present this new thing? No, because I was so surrounded by my past. Because when I got to college, um, the show had just come out. Spring Awakening had just come out. And it was everywhere. It was yeah. like such a hit. It was on the subway. It was on the yeah. billboards. It was on the TV. They were playing it on the regular radio. It And, and rightfully so. It's an incredible show, but it was everywhere. And I was now living in the city just surrounded by it. So mm-hmm. I like couldn't get away from it. And I, I just didn't know what to do. But I did know that I'm not a singer anymore. So I don't have to protect the chords. So I was like, let's try. Give me give me a drug. Let's go. Let's see what this is. Okay. So you were a good boy for your work. And then once yes. you didn't have to do that anymore, you said, let's Woo! let's be wild. You said, give me that gallon of heroin. Yeah. You yes. needed your own spring awakening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really did. I really did. Um, so that's what kind of college was. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then. Closeted we- too. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, so you, uh, see how he, you see how he slips it in there? Do you see how he yeah. slips it in there? He just uh, says it at the end. He leans back even. And he goes, <laughs> closet it too. <laughs> He's over the drama. <laughs> just oh, watching wow. Grey's Anatomy and relating to Meredith too much. <laughs> oh, no. I yeah. get that reference. <laughs> Damn. Come on. Andy. Be gay. <laughs> Jill Zarin. Meredith <laughs> Gray. <laughs> um, what? When? Wait, did, yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is weird. We're both flabbergasted. I, yeah. I just assumed you are younger than us, growing up in a more tolerant time. But mm. also, you get to NYC. I just assumed you uh, get to NYC at eighteen. A Broadway actor, and just said, "Boom." I know. I really had a very bizarre little experience. I think. Okay, so this is how I have sort of conceptualized it. When I was a kid on Long Island. I had a very popular older sister who kind of explained our situation to the town in a way that was well-received. So nobody really needed to know, like, what my deal was. What do you mean, our situation? Like, we're half Asian, we're Jewish. Uh, So I just felt very much like myself. But then when we when I moved into the city when I was 17, I'm suddenly surrounded by strangers all day who are now asking me, hey, what are you? Mm. What are you? What are you? So it's like I didn't I didn't I, it's I became more aware of my um, 
ethnicity. My, um, when I, when I, moved into when I left a small town to go to a big city, which is Wow, sort of, that's really the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was and not that it was necessarily like bad, like right. um but I mean at times it kinda was, but um I just was sort of, you know, the town knew who I was, like in we knew who everyone was. So we just didn't it just didn't really come up. And then it came up later and then also I came out and like that was it was just a lot. It was when I was a kid on Long Island, I, I really was, I was like a little Pokemon. I was like a tiny little sphere that just, you know, people just pat on the head and just, that was that. <laughs> that and would have moving to into the city <laughs> in <laughs> college. It was, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like a little bit just, and you're on your own and you have to kind of be your own person all day. And <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. So then when did you like, uh, or how long into your New York life? Like, when did you come out? I came out um, my sophomore year of college, okay, uh, and it was, it was, it was good. It was good. It was interesting. It was like I was sort of being outed by an acting teacher. What? Wait, what? Yeah, this part was not good. I was, I was in an <laughs> acting class, um, in which the teacher, like a lot of people, could sense that I was, you know. <laughs> Um, and she just really like, she meant it. She meant she had good intentions, but it was a different time. And truly every week for the first six weeks of class, she would, she would ask me, have you given it more thought? Are you sure you're not gay? Are you sure you're not Wait, gay? What? Are you like, sure? Yeah. Like in front of like a room full of other the, teenagers. What yeah. the hell? And then here's the thing. So when I got to the class, she would only give me monologues about the Holocaust. Wait, what? <laughs> And then six weeks in, when I came out, I only got monologues about AIDS. What? Yeah. On earth. And this is NYU, ain't it? And she would have given me Asian monologues, but at the time, there were none. <laughs> there were none. Nothing about the Boxer Rebellion. <sighs> what um, on earth? Yeah, this? it was really stressful. And at Wait. the time, I was out to my parents. I came out. Oh, this is so weird. <laughs> I came out to my parents first because they similarly, like, I tried to come out when I was a kid and they kind of just, like, didn't let me. And then I came out later when they were finally just like, are you gay? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, hello. Um, but then I was like, but I'm a virgin and I'm not out and I don't know about any of this. So they knew for, like, a, at least a year before I really came out and I would leave this acting class and, and call my mom and she'd be like, how was class? And I'd be like, it's really good. The class is really good, which it was really good. It was a really no, good not. class. A lot of Holocaust I mean, monologue. Yeah. How like what, what say, are these by, Holocaust by good, monologues? I mean, it really churned out a lot of working actors and famous people. Like it was a, it was like a renowned class, which is why she could be crazy. Which, Which is, is why, why she, she could, could literally bother uh, somebody every single day. I mean, this is literally like every act. Like, I think every actor has stories about their like traumatic acting teacher. Kind yeah. of like. Why is that right. good? Why is this a thing? Like, I really hate how like there is this kind of like assumed in, in this industry in any kind of like creative thing. There's this assumed thing where it's just like, oh, you're going to have a really tough teacher and they're going to be traumatic, but you're going to come out of it better. And I'm just like, no, who is like, who is better for having gone through trauma? Who, who is, I mean, there are, there are positive things that if you work through it, but how many people get fucking damaged or like leave all of these creative things 
because they had some asshole. Well, of course. Well, it's also the emotional terrorism of all of it and how it is under the guise of because to me, because I imagine that part of why she was asking this question was about you being, quote unquote, freer on stage or more honest as a person or being more in tune with emotions. Right. So she could use that. uh, That's the cover for not honoring your personal boundaries as an individual. Yes. In the name of improving you as an actor. Yeah. And here's, I forget what the expression was, but it was something like when you hold something back, it renders the faults. Is that a saying? Does that mean something? I don't know what that means. She just meant like, if you are holding some truth about you back, you cannot let the full truth forward. As if we have never had a closeted actor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, babe, babe, what are you talking about? Tell that to Anthony Perkins. Tell that to to Rock Hudson. Tell that to you know what I mean. Like yeah, there's so yeah. many. It's like so many of the worst actors. Yeah, it's like they're so terrible. Actors. <laughs> yeah, Perkins, just, Jesus. But again, Christ. it was it was a different time. Yeah. It was Prigley. Okay. Prigley. <laughs> okay, I will say that was my favorite line of the movie Bros. Oh, when he's God. talking yes. about young gay kids, yeah. where he's like, he's like, they had Glee, we had AIDS, and just yeah. the delivery. Delineation in the yeah. generation. Uh, I laughed out loud at that line. That's great. But yeah. but like I guess the thing is, it's just like that's not her decision. I mean, I, I know we're all on the same page with this, but like it's not her decision to make. Like yeah. like she's not making you a better actor. It's your choice how to like how to. Sorry, I'm I'm I'm, I'm um, look. Jared's on the other I'm, side I'm, of it now. I though. understand we can't this. Make but, him furious, but like, because we're <laughs> furious. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make you furious. And also, I'm like, I'm like, yes, obviously, this shit happens all the time. So it's not like it's like this is such a a, a unique thing. And I'm like, uh, and I'm just like waking up to it. But it's still like to ha- to. It, I, I'm angry on your behalf. Yeah. I'm what also- I will say is like. that was a big part of it, but there was more to it that honestly like kind of got under my skin even more where there was like this, it's a certain thing that it's not just acting teachers. It's anyone in a sort of like position of power or like of service, but the service is the power where they like to kind of hold the knowledge over other people's heads in a way that is, um, abusive <laughs> yeah. um and that wasn't just this class there were other classes there were other you know just even just you know sometimes it's doctors even um and that like it i don't even know how to really talk about it except to say like i recently was meeting with like a, a body work person i've been having some like nerve pain and i met with this like body work person um over zoom and I could tell right away he was one of those kind of teachers who who likes a big a big tell is like they'll be like they'll kind of denigrate all teachings you've ever learned mm-hmm. as if you are a moron for listening to those teachings. And I, I had mentioned something and he was like, who told you to do that? Who told you to do that? And I have some sort of posture thing. And I went, 
a freaking moron, some goddamn moron. And he starts like laughing and like kind of backing off. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, so what, something I appreciate from like learning and, and, and the, the sort of this traumatic experience of being bullied by like an educator is like now in life when I, I see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And if someone starts in on that, I, it's, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, it no longer works on me. I used oh, to that, really yeah. be like, Oh my God, I'm a fucking idiot. Right. How? You know? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the, there are educators who are there because they really are interested in the subject and they want other people they're 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 interested in awakening your curiosity. And then yeah. there's other ones who just want to churn out copies on themselves. I met a lot of these people in grad school. They yes, weren't there sure. to like get you to think for yourself. They were there because they just wanted to vomit their yeah, perpetuate their ideology yes. and stuff and be like, I want a whole new like cohort of students who then spreads my teaching yes. in my way. Like cult yes. leaders versus educators. That's really what <laughs> it, it is. It kind of is. It kind yeah. of is. Like nothing like opens up my heart and really gets me than when um, like someone in that position acknowledges that they that everyone has their own like, you know, solutions aren't prescriptive. Everyone has their own answers and just just acknowledges the fact that there is a possibility that their one answer isn't the only answer. And then if, if I get that, I got it from another acting teacher recently who's incredible. I got it from a massage therapist also sort of addressing this like this mysterious nerve pain I have. And it really just like I love it. I, I just yeah. it, it makes me trust you implicitly. Just the fact that you can say I might not have the answers. There might be a different answer. What I think might be wrong to start there as a teacher, I'm like, well, now I trust you implicitly. And mm. I'll do that's if, you, if you're really trying to be a cult leader, babe, that's <laughs> the way to get my ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just leave a little opening where you're like, or maybe I'm wrong. And then you walk away yes. and then Jared's like, wait up. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. No. I yeah. You got to nag your flock. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yes. definitely. Nag the flock and, you know, just a little, just a little, just a little touch of wonder and humility goes, goes a mile, goes a mile. Speaking of negging your flock, when did you start dating? <laughs> like when um, did actually dates and hookups begin for you? If, as you said, you would come up to your parents where you were like, I don't know nothing. Yeah. And then you got this weird, creepy bully teacher yeah. um, in front of everybody else. And it's like, I don't know. Like, what was your relationship to that? Like, did it feel like, oh, well, I guess I told everybody in the class, so maybe I should go. Literally. That's literally what it was. I was like, well, I guess I've told everyone in the class, so I guess I'll start telling people in my life. Mm. And then started telling people in my life. And then it wasn't for, like, another full year that I actually, like, closed the deal and did it. Lost my virginity. You weren't (laughs) dating on the sly before? No, I don't know how anyone does that. I was like so scared. I was like, first of all, just such a little nerd. First, just like just from the start, just such a sure. tiny little nerd. Did you have the um, long locks you have now? When did you come did into your not. long locks? That came um, probably like two years later. Oh, okay. Yeah, but my hair was still um, a a main feature. I'll say, <laughs> okay. people liked it. You know, people liked uh-huh. it. Um, How Jewish were you? Were you wearing yarmulkes everywhere? Did you have a talis on? Not very, not very. <laughs> I mean, I was I was bar mitzvah. You know, we celebrated some holidays, but like I didn't go to temple. I didn't. Um, I don't speak Hebrew. We weren't like we weren't very observant. My mother converted, but you know. But that's it. She was like, "I did my time. We're done here." 
the kids are Jewish now. She's like, like, yes, you know, exactly. she's like, I don't need to. Yeah. I was in a mikvah. Exactly. What more do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, like when the moil came over, uh, he noticed that the house was not kosher and that the rabbi who convert who converted my, my mom was like this really special rabbi, like revered rabbi in Brooklyn. Um, and he was like, you know, this man is, is very important and he would be very upset to see that your house is not kosher. And she was like, snip, snip, snip. Okay, thank you. Bye, bye. Thank you. We do thank you. We thank you for the scissors. Yeah. Now do leave. Yeah. <laughs> Take my kid's foreskin and hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. Yeah. I don't need your feedback. Yeah, get lost. Get lost. <laughs> also, if you were to call my mom on the phone, you would think she was an Italian woman. She's Japanese, but she has lived. Uh, she moved from Hawaii to Brooklyn when she was 25, and she never looked back. Really? She has a thick Brooklyn accent. She has road rage. That's so funny, but also because moving at 25, it's like she really decided to have that accent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think <laughs> she was so. like, I want it. That's how I'm going to talk now. I think she wanted it, yeah. yeah. And it's appealing. It's a very fun accent, you know? <laughs> is she a, as a mom, is, was she like doting, like, Jared, you're perfect, never change? Is she, was she a tough broad giving you the what for? What was her Somehow vibe? both, if that's possible. Okay. Like growing yeah. up, she was really intense. She was really intense. She was like, you know, do your homework, get good grades. All of that, um, and has uh, has really softened. But like, yeah, she's she's a, she's. But a she lot. also w- let you be an actor. She did. Well, I yeah. think. Well, here's why, <laughs> because I was so bad at sports. <laughs> she she later in life told me that because we tr- first we tried we tried soccer. I scored one goal in soccer, and it was a miracle. I don't know how it happened because I did not look up from the ball. I, I dribbled the ball from one side all the way to the other. No one stopped me. I kicked it and it went in. I think, I think if I was looking up, I would have seen the, the other coach being like, just give him one, just give him one, giving them the signal. Just, just let him. Um, and then in basketball, I scored one basket again, uh, but it was on the wrong side after halftime. And that was the only <laughs> basket I ever scored. I was just really bad. I was really bad at it. My mom, like, so, my parents so desperately wanted me to be good at sports. Oh. Really, they just wanted me to be straight. I think they were like seeing the signs and they were like, uh. but they, <laughs> that's, that's the thing that they could handle was like, we can make him good at sports, um, but they couldn't. And my mom once cried herself to sleep because I was, quote, so bad at basketball. Yeah. Wow. So when when I when I basically Titanic hit theaters, Celine Dion captured the nation. Um, and I we were listening to that song one morning, and my mom goes, "I love the way that Celine can shake her voice," referring to her vibrato. And I and I said, "I can do that." And she was like, no, you can't. And I was like, yeah, listen. And then I sing Celine Dion into my mother's ears. And then that's how she realized, oh, my, he can sing. He can sing. So then, like, when it came to, like, trying uh, child acting in theater, they were just so broken down <laughs> by, <laughs> by my sports record that they were like, let's, we, let's just try this. And then it started to go really well. And then it was exciting. And then it's like, you know, you're leaving school, you're in the city, you're, you know, there's like, celebrities so it was like that was sort of like what got them to like be open to trying it but was it was still very 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 cool of them to like let me try although we definitely did you know get introduced to certain things too early but it though. seems uh-huh. like they it's like but it seems like in both cases it's about wanting you to be exceptional at something 
I mean, yes. yes, maybe the sports are just coded for we wish he was straight acting or whatever. But yeah. it also seems like this idea of being good, like plenty of kids just play sports to play. You know what I mean? Like That's they're just true. here for the orange slices at the end of the game. You know, yeah. it's like they wanted you making the baskets and like being the mover. Like it sounds like it was about they wanted you to dunk. Yeah. Or yeah. get the lead. And it didn't matter what. They just wanted one of those things. They wanted. And then once you were, they were like, uh, he can't set a pick, but he knows iambic pentameter. Then it was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> were, Mom, that's a good impression of yours. <laughs> that they were all that in our theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels like pressure, except you know what? I think I think we've unpacked a, a decent amount of the yeah. Jared Goldstein story. I have one more question though. Okay, of not of to course, Columbo this. Well, sure, real Columbo. But like, was like the fact that like your romantic journey starts so late that then it is only recently that you've decided to be emotionally open. Maybe. I mean, I feel like I've tried. I feel like I've been trying for a while, but it has eluded me this whole time. So have you pray had for a me, lot of keep boyfriends? Me in your thoughts. I've had zero. Zero boyfriends? <laughs> I've had zero. And that's what I came on this podcast to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've had none. I've had none. The longest relationship was like two months. Jared, what, what's and going on? That's a great question. Jared, I'm working you're on gorgeous. You're I'm funny. gorgeous. You're smart. I'm funny. I'm smart. What's going on? I'm also talented. I'm also one of a kind. <laughs> I'm also never before seen. I'm also show stopping. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is it usually you though? Like meaning. Is it that you reach a certain number of weeks with a person and you're like unimpressed, you know, and you're kind of gone? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they're not as one. That was, that was the problem for sure. For a, for a big chunk of time, it was definitely the calls coming from inside the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, I don't know. I'm really trying. I'm like really, really trying to like, I'm swiping, I'm going on the dates, I'm asking all the questions. I'm like... <laughs> You know, looking past certain things. I'm ready to settle, but then he dumps me and I'm like, what is going on? So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting, um, ever evasive endeavor. Uh, well, listeners, if you want to date Jared, yeah. write in couplestherapypod at gmail.com. We will do the initial vetting. Okay, so you need to oh write us. I need to know your interests. You have to be as your, fabulous. Your political affiliations. Well, sure. I need to know, you know, we need to know what your intentions are. And I want to know the last time you cried. You have to write that down, okay? In the initial, in the initial intake form. <laughs> <laughs> the dating intake yes, form. Yes, I want an initial intake. These are the questions <laughs> I want to know. Political affiliations, last time you cried. And then maybe, if I like those answers, I will ping Jared. <laughs> waiting for your ping. If Patiently we found someone, awaiting the ping. If we, if we found someone for you, would you go on a date with him? I would. Right. Listeners? Right. I, would, I would also, I would tell you what I think right away, but I just, I would see it through. There's no reason I wouldn't see yes, it through. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, again, we're not trying to have you with nobody. You know, this isn't us trying to get some cool content, okay? I'm not trying to make a TikTok video out of this. I hey, want to see I'll take if a you TikTok video. If I can't get a boyfriend, I, I at least give me a TikTok video. <laughs> I'll take the TikTok video. <laughs> Just a viral moment, please, if nothing else in this life. <laughs> yeah. uh, Okay, okay. I think we've gotten a lot. We got to answer these people's questions, Jared. Yes, they, yes, need okay. they need us. Okay, okay. Right. This is, let me just tell you, this is famously my least favorite part of the podcast. 
Wow. How come? Because, hear me out, because I don't, I don't have advice for people. Do you feel that? I, I don't know. I hear, I've, I've been on advice podcasts before, and when it comes time for my advice, I'm like, I, have you seen um, the episode of 30 Rock where it's a talk show and uh, she asks Jenna Maroney, to give advice to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the, the deal woman. breakers and then Tina Fey, the deal breakers yeah. and then Tina and she's like uh, uh, I don't know and then Tina Fey really shines and, yes. and steps up Liz Lemon that I feel like Jenna Maroney in these moments I just go <laughs> uh, I don't what why would I know I don't what do you I don't why are you asking a podcast call what I'm like I and I don't know it just I it, my brain breaks but let's let's try well, I'm gonna tell you this the idea is to is to debate these topics right okay. and the so it doesn't have to just be advice it has to be you can ask questions you can probe you can well wow. i was gonna say also i we use it what it can happen sometimes you know depending on the guest you know when they're emotionally closed off like you you know you can really <laughs> use the questions <laughs> as a way into more backstory right because yes. i could use what someone's asked and been like jared you ever experienced and then next thing you know we're down that and then we're down, down that. that. Okay, and can yeah. I tell you what you're both doing right now what? is good non-cult teacher. And I'm going, <laughs> okay, I think I'm going to find a place in my head and my heart for this thing that I've been closed off to. Oh, oh I love that. Okay, so let's take a quick break. And when we, when we get back, we're going to get into Jared's head and heart. Some questions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again. And today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because... We're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. Me undies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out. There is a particular technology that the folks at Me Undies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral. So I didn't want to have to say what this technology is. So I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. 
For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. with Jared Goldstein, who famously does not like to answer questions. And we are going to take a chance. All right. Let's try this one. Well, let's see. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think this fits. This could be interesting. This could be interesting. Let's try it. Hi, Andy and Naomi and guests. I am going to start with my compliments. I really, really love your podcast. I think you cannot hear it enough, but it's always nice to have your humor in my life. I'm going to start with my question at the top because I don't want to run out of time. So my question is essentially, how do I make dating not feel like a chore? Mm. So for some context, I was dumped from a five-year relationship out of the blue in July of 2020. This was also my first relationship, first kiss, first everything. I'm one of those fun late bloomers out there. And I've been trying dating on and off since then. And in two years, I've really only, like, genuinely felt a connection with, like, three, maybe four people in all that time on and off of dating. And the other thing to know is that I have a system. I do a phone date as soon as possible. Um, I try to meet in person after that and then try it out for a bit and see if there's a connection. I have read a lot of dating self-help books and not the, like, crappy ones that was, like, there was one that was, like, (laughs) reach into your vagina and, like, put it, like on your ears so that you have pheromones like close crazy stuff out there that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like ones written by therapists who have been involved in couples and dating and actually know what they're talking about i'll be honest but anyway uh even though i've read those books i don't feel like i have a clear um sense of how to make it not feel so awful i have friends who say oh i miss being single dating is so fun but i just do not see it as i don't enjoy it uh, I don't, 
I'm looking for a life partner. I like being in a relationship. I don't like dating and meeting with a bunch of strangers. Mm. Um, I also do work a lot. I really love my job, but that makes it so that my free time is either spent on myself or dating. So when I date, it feels like I'm not getting as much time for myself. I'm probably going to run out of time. So I will end with, um, I'm a fellow Los Angelino, but I'm a transplant. So I love it here, and I appreciate y'all complaining about it less. Um, but also, it's, it's valid. We can all have our own opinions. Um, but thank you for your advice, and I hope all of you have a fun time talking about the cesspool that is dating. Quick fun fact. Namely, you said, I wouldn't wish dating on my worst enemy, and that quote brings me so much solace. So thank you. All right. Bye. What are these books that are telling you to put vaginal fluid? Like to as a pheromone. <laughs> it seems unsanitary. At There's best. no way that works. I also right? think it's so funny because she's like, "No, no, not those books." And I'm like, "I didn't even know those were yeah. an option. I didn't assume you were reading like witchy books." Yeah, there's not ones where just like forgot, where just like wipe your cum everywhere. Ew, Andy, Jesus! <laughs> ah. I'm sorry. I'm a little punchy. We're company. I'm a little punchy today. <laughs> Jared, I'm so sorry you had to hear something like that. Apology and accepted. Listener, I'm so sorry. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> um, okay. I, okay, here we go. Um, I, I want to say I'm in the deep end with you. So yeah. we're, we're there. Um, <laughs> here's the thing though, as, as many hangups as I have about relationships and lack thereof, I, I do genuinely enjoy dating. Mm, how? That, Why? That's not advice, but I think that's just bragging to someone who's struggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay. If I maybe maybe I can maybe if I kind of fill you in on this way of thinking about it, that can mm-hmm. help. I think if a person, and this is something that took me a long time to figure out and to really trust and know and believe, and I just had to, a small switch in my mind. When I'm on a date with someone or talking to someone or texting with someone who I like and really want to be with, there is very little that they can say that will talk me out of it. Hmm. Eventually, you know, it's you, you get you get strikes before it's over. So if you're talking to the right person who really wants to be with you, who will be with you, you can't mess it up with a text message. You can't mess it up with a weird dinner. You can't mess. You just can't mess it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so free yourself of that. If whatever little thing is messing it up, it was gonna get messed up anyway and they weren't really an option anyway. So I think the idea of like, I have to stick this landing and it's like a game of operation, I can't touch the side, all these things. Like if it's the right person, you can't make a mistake, there are no mistakes. Hmm. Um, So that's that's kind of a great place to start. And then also, I I really just like restaurants. I really like sitting down at a restaurant and eating food. Sure. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, well, this is because this is what I was going to say, too, because, OK, you seem to have this system and you are treating it like a job, like a job. And I go, well, that's why you don't like it. Yeah, because you already said you work too much in a busy. Why are you adding yeah. another job on your plate? I think if you're going to do it, it has to be as uh, relaxed as possible. It has to be the type of thing where, you know, when you do look and I understand what it is when you feel like your time is limited and you're like. I don't want to give this person my Friday night or I don't want to give this person, you know what I mean? That like precious weekend time. But is there stuff you do where you're like, Oh, well I was going to go to the farmer's market anyway. Maybe this date can come with me and we can like walk around and talk for an hour. You know, something where the person is more kind of like 
on your schedule and on your page. And so you're not like, it's not like I must set aside my time and do this other thing for the purpose of them liking me. Mm. Also, it's true. You, if you're going to go on a date, you better go to a place that you like. My mom used to always say that when she was like, like when I was younger, when she was like dating, where she's like, I always would go, to, I would always suggest my favorite restaurant so that if the date was bad, at least I ate some good food. And it's like, make it as like fun for yourself and is close to what you would want to be doing anyway as possible. And then it's just with another person for 90 minutes. And it let and also maybe then if you are doing this thing you like, if you're in a place you enjoy, it takes some of that pressure off, that feeling of like you can't touch the sides. And then maybe you can get a clearer sense to like, oh, do I like this person? Is this person cool? Are we having, you know, oh, or do we have a rapport? Is something yeah. like developing here? I would actually say then have a more stringent vetting process. And I don't mean like keep a spreadsheet or whatever is making it more job like, but I mean like at the very beginning, like if you be like, well, do I like this person or not? I don't know. Eh. If you're on the fence, throw them in the dumpster. That way you're not going through this like, well, we have to have a phone date first and then we go on a, a walk in the park. And then the next step is we're going to go to a restaurant and that like don't have that process. Don't give don't just go on that process for anyone. Start out from a point where you're kind of into the person and then and remember, they're, they're also dating in L.A., which is, as far as I understand, famously fucked up for dating. It can be tricky. It can be very tricky. Mm. I think it's hard to, well, you know, obviously geography plays such a huge part where it's like, okay, well, where can we meet? And do you live in my neighborhood? Do you live close enough that we can see each other with any kind of frequency, you know, versus what you do for a living? I had a friend who one of the things she dealt with a lot was that feeling of she's like, I can't tell if this guy likes me or is trying to network. You know, because they're like in the same business where she's like, I don't like she's like, I get with somebody. Then I find out they're in film. And then it's like a question of like, OK, are you just trying to kind of butter me up and become like friends so that we can so I can do something for you down the line? And I'm like, oh, God, like that being an option when you're dating somebody <laughs> sounds terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, But it's funny because also the caller was like, I don't know, like only like it's been like three or four people in two years maybe that I've like been interested in. I'm like, those are good odds. I was like, what are you talking about? Three or yeah. four people that you're like feel something for everybody's garbage. Three or four people <laughs> in two years. is very good. Yeah. I disliked everyone I went on a date with before Naomi. I don't mean every <laughs> single person that I was dating. I just mean like when I was in New York and I'm just like, I guess I'll give dating a try. I, they were all boring. And I was just like, I, I would get to, <laughs> <laughs> and then me <laughs> I get to the end of the day and I would just be like so what am I supposed to am I supposed to like I guess I could go on another day with them <laughs> there was there was that every time I'm like I, should I ask I don't know but then here's the difference though again you and I didn't meet on a dating app we didn't meet with the pressure or pretense of like are you looking to find a partner it was like oh we were friends we were hanging out sure and so it did take again because I think the feeling of work and the process of it all is what sounds like a real bummer, right? Like, being like, we have to do this. Like, when you're on an app, Jer, how much texting and chatting will you do before you actually get together? I don't know. It, it depends. Ideally, there's enough to get a sense of each other, but I don't want to, I'm not doing it for, like, more than a week. Okay. We need to meet. We need to. Meet. I want to meet. I, I'm here to meet. If I, for the most part, if if I swiped right or we matched, it's because I'm ready to meet you. Like mm. I, I, I like to 
put my whatever my natural bar is in life. I like to put it a little bit higher when I'm online dating. Okay, that's a good tip. Higher. Just put online. it a little higher because that way it's like you're not going to get caught up with messaging someone you have lukewarm feelings about. Right. You will that's only be saying. messaging someone you're going like, holy shit. Yeah. I caught one. I caught a fish. <laughs> That's what I'm like, saying. Uh, don't fuck it up. Uh, don't fuck it up. <laughs> More stringent standards. Yeah. So w- only with so with social with like online. In yeah. person, yeah, yeah. you know, you're you're get you're get you're smelling the pheromone on the back of the ear. <laughs> you know, you're getting it all. You're getting the full picture. You're getting you know. You're really yeah. getting a full person, and that's a different thing. But on online dating, take your 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 bar and raise it a little higher. Be be very picky online because it's online and there's no you're not getting a sense of anyone and and you're gonna have to put up with things so you're gonna need that bar to start up <laughs> real high as it starts getting chipped away at um, right. that's my advice yeah. yeah yeah if it feels like a chore stop treating it like a chore yeah and yeah. also take a break from it too right like you because to me I'm like if you hate dating it means yeah. you don't want to be dating right now yeah. right like because that is the pr- until you, yes you want a life partner. But until you have that life partner, you're dating that person. You're probably dating multiple people. Like that person is not your life partner for a while. <laughs> like you have to put in a couple, you have to put in a solid, you know, six to eight months of dating, getting to know you. Okay, do we vibe? Are we connected? Okay, now are we an official couple? Okay, great. Now let me learn on the little int- intricacies of you. Okay, like it's going to take you time. And if you don't want to do that stuff, that's fine. Just be like, I'm off it right now. I'm doing my thing, having some fun. Also, something you can do, this is not something that I've necessarily done in dating. It's something I've done with self-tapes. Ah, <laughs> yes. You feel, very similar, very similar. If you oh, feel no. that you are like, you aren't enjoying this. Like, I understand it's like, you know, acting is different than auditioning. Being in a relationship is different than dating. Sometimes dating sucks. Sometimes auditioning sucks. But the thing you're going towards doesn't suck. But you have to go through the thing that kind of does suck to get to the thing that doesn't. Um, give yourself a little thought experiment. For say for a month, you're gonna keep dating. You're, if you're on those apps, you're gonna keep swiping. You're gonna keep whatever. Um, but just do it in whatever way is least intolerable for you. Even if that means that you are quote unquote less desirable. For me, what it meant was changing the lines. <laughs> Not asking my friends to have to help me with it. I turn it into a monologue, babe. Wow. <laughs> like literally, like what, literally whatever you need to make dating tolerable and dare I say it fun to you, mm-hmm. do whatever that is. Yeah. It means um, when you ask, if someone asks you out, when you pick a place, tell, tell them the fanciest, best restaurant you can think of. They might say no. Guess what? You didn't really want to go. If they say yes, <laughs> holy shit, you're going to this fancy fucking restaurant. You get there, order three appetizers from the start. <laughs> Tell the waiter, don't don't go too far, babe. We got a lot more coming. Like literally, yeah. whatever yeah. it is you need to make dating fun, there is something. There's something that 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 will make it fun for you. Just go for that because... If you don't get it, then you didn't want to do it anyway. And if you do, then you're kind of having fun. Yeah. That's great. That is great. See? That is. I was going to say the same thing with chores. What makes chores tolerable for me? Listening to a podcast. So maybe you listen to a podcast on the date. <laughs> One ear butt in. One ear the butt whole in. time. Yeah. Like a dude in a movie listening to the sports. That's a really good example. Listening a dude in a movie sports. listening to the sports. Jesus. Yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to the game. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. No, the sports. All of them. Um, no, but you're very right, Jared. And I want to say, 
That was a really good piece yeah. of advice. How'd you feel? Can you see? How can you see? I think when I let my walls down, yeah. when I'm honest, yes. and I let love in and out, look at this. I'm I am I'm the smartest man alive. I'm giving <laughs> empathetic advice. I'm yep. changing lives one see? at a time. See? Yeah. See? see? This is see? incredible. You want to do one more? Let's do one more. Okay. All right. This comes to us from, I think, Gmail. Okay. Not... This is a long one. Can I read it? Yeah. You want to read it? Yeah. What is a long boy? It's like easier for me to read it than to listen. <laughs> long time fan here. I've been listening to your podcast since the very beginning, and I can't believe it's taking me this long to join Patreon. That's a lie. I know why. I've been broke. <laughs> I desperately need some advice, so I'm going to jump into it. But first, I'm going to say thanks for joining the page. Okay. I'm going to be 30 years old in May, and I've been getting over a semi-recent breakup from my partner of five years. Another five-year breakup. I live in my hometown and in an urban area with an up-and-coming downtown scene. Over the past year, I've been cautiously socializing more when the country isn't experiencing a spike of COVID cases and specifically hanging out with a new group of people that live in my neighborhood. I was initially attracted to them because they're all transplants to the area. We have similar interests and they take COVID safety pretty seriously, which makes, the, which makes me feel comfortable socializing with them. The bonus is that I feel like I finally got a fresh start with them because this social circle doesn't include people from my high school or a distant cousin of mine. They are everywhere. About two weeks ago, my childhood best friend, S, and her boyfriend, Q, moved into an apartment down the street from me. Now, I wonder, is that Q Anon? Yeah. Well, is that... Also, I'm wondering... Choose that letter very specifically? Exactly. So, <laughs> S and her boyfriend, Q, moved into an apartment down the street from me. I've remained friends with them over the years, despite growing apart due to changing interests. I will always love these friends, but the truth is that we don't have much in common these days. I've made an effort to... In Invite them over when possible, but our schedules rarely align. Lately, during brief phone calls with my friend S, she's been giving strong hints that she wants me to introduce her to my new group of friends. Oh, boy. I've tried to brush off the question's comments by saying that they're more of acquaintances, and then I try to change the subject because I'm not sure how else to respond. She'll usually ask me how I met whoever it is that happens to come up in the conversation. She's asked the same question three times. The truth is, I really don't want to mix my friend groups because that's backfired countless times in the past. I stay in touch with a lot of people, but they're all very different and they rarely have much in common. I found past friend introductions to be very stressful because I end up being the mediator. Mediator? Hmm? Are they fighting immediately? Okay. My biggest problem is that S gets jealous and very hurt when she hears or sees that I've hung out with other people. Ooh. This is one of the primary reasons I deleted Instagram three years ago. Because of S. Because of S. She has expressed that she has felt hurt when seeing a photo of me with our other mutual friends and would have liked to be invited. Mm. I find this to be very unfair considering she's in a committed relationship and hangs out with her own friend group. I used to be friends with that group, but opted out a few years ago. Essing <laughs> opted out. I love that. I opted out of that. Okay. I unsubscribed from that friend group. Um, S and Q take trips and go out with their other friends, but I've never been offended. I know she just wants to be included and wants more girlfriends, but I don't want to blend my new friends with the old simply because I feel like I finally had a fresh start and I get to be more anonymous and I don't want to worry about my friends bringing up the past me when I'm trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. I get this very much so. Mm -hmm. I'm also secretly afraid that S and Q will get drunk when we hang out and say or do something embarrassing like they've done in the past. They tend to get pretty messy and I don't want to babysit anyone when I'm trying to have a fresh start. 
See, this long. This is long. I think you could have stopped here, but I'm going to keep reading. Okay? Because we get it. S and I don't have much in common anymore besides our history. <laughs> it just gets, by the way. It also, she just starts saying the full yeah. real names. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, though, as this goes on, the relationship deteriorates. It was like, we're friends. And then now it's like, well, we don't have anything in common. And then it's like, they get messy and they go to embarrass me. Yeah. And then it's like, then it's like, okay. It's like, I think the answer is going to, I think well, no, it's this going person to knows emerge. Well, it's already here. S and I don't have much in common anymore besides our history. And sometimes I wonder if the only reason she's tried to rekindle our friendship is to get an introduction to new people. She's a sweetheart and I'll always cherish our friendship. Like calling someone a sweetheart is savage to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll always cherish our friendship, but I don't feel like we click like we used to. Now that she's living around the corner from me, I feel like I'll run into her when I'm riding bikes or grabbing coffee with my new friends. If that happened, I really do think she'd try to invite herself to hang out with us and I wouldn't have it in me to say no. Plus, I don't know how to do that. Additionally, COVID has complicated things because my old friends participate in some riskier activities like partying in Vegas. They caught COVID. I feel like they assume that I'm also very lax because I've been seeing new people. But the truth is my new friends are very transparent about their activities and isolate if they've had exposures. There isn't a way to casually mention this distinction to S&Q. I would really love some advice on how to navigate these conversations. I want to be kind and I want to keep my friendship with S&Q because we've always been there for each other. I'm just trying to live my life without feeling guilty. I would love to continue to catch up with my old friends, S&Q, on a one-on-one basis, but I don't know how to set this boundary. Please help. Sincerely, Grace. Now, how come they were S&Q, but you Grace? I'm going to call you G. (laughs) All, everyone together at the same time. Stop being friends with us. (laughs) (laughs) But Grace says she wants to stay friends with them. No, Grace doesn't want to feel guilty. That that's too, a separate thing. Grace does not want to feel guilty for leaving S in the dump. And but S that, is guilting Grace about hanging out with Q, right? S is guilting Grace for hanging out with new people. Like Grace has these new friends. Grace is doing other things, and then S is like, "Can I come?" And it's like, S, you from before? Like you different? And I get this. I also feel like i like to keep my friends separate and i'm not mm-hmm. here for big melting pots it's one of the reasons i don't have like a lot of parties and stuff like Same. i never Same. really have it or like when i did it would always make me anxious Same. um so i get this feeling of like especially because you know grace lives in this town where it's like everybody knows you right from when you were a kid like small town jared and then mm-hmm. suddenly you get this opportunity to meet new people who aren't prejudging you, aren't going, oh, you're related to so-and-so? <laughs> hey, remember like, the time you pissed your pants in Town Square? The Town Square, exactly. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I think that is very valuable, especially as you get older. You just need people to stop bringing up some shit you did back in 2004. Right? Like, you want mm-hmm. that freed up. This is some advice for S. Yes, who, you know... For Grace. I hope this gets to S. No, no, oh, no for S. You're actually giving... Oh, yeah. yeah, I see. Um... My, my mother told me when I was a kid, and it went in so deep. She said, you don't have to be invited to everything. Mm-hmm. And I was already sad, and it kind of made me sadder, but it, <laughs> at least it felt like, like, okay. Like it felt like a stone, like a true stone that I could go, okay, that's, that's okay. Um, and I've carried that with me. And obviously we all, because here's the thing, we're on both sides of it. There are times when I see yeah. someone's Instagram story and I go, 
I would have liked to be there. That kind of hurts. <laughs> but there are just as many times, if not more, when I can feel someone kind of inching in text to, to be with wherever I am and I'm with a person or the group of people and I just don't feel like mixing them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a two-way street and it's you, got, you, you, just, you just, you can't guilt people for not inviting you to things. You can right. feel a little sour. Right, you can feel... you have to yeah. just kind of... Lick your wounds on that one and maybe yep. kind of reevaluate what the friendship means or, or how it's been going. And mm-hmm. that's all yeah. I have to say. No, I yeah. think you're right. But I but I do think it was his, the, the one little trick on one hand, it's like because this is something I would definitely do, too, which is get anxious about something that is yet to happen. But of course. But the thing is, because S and Q live on the same around the corner from Grace. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to come a time when they run into these people, just the way you run into people in your neighborhood, right? And yeah. like, so I think that <sighs> horrible. I know, like that's the thing, but I think that you know, for instance, if y'all are riding bikes and you see you see S, you keep pedaling, sis. Okay, don't ignore <laughs> her, but like you go, hey, and like keep it moving. It's not like a we're gonna stop, we're gonna chat type of situation. I think that's something you can do, like. And I think that's a perfectly acceptable thing. Again, not ignoring somebody, but just being like, good, hey, I'll call you later, right? Like, you know, it's like, see you, but like, keep it pushing. <laughs> Stay over way. there. Do stay I over there. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. That, yes. Don't move. Yes. Don't come I any don't closer. Think, <laughs> I don't think Grace wants to be friends with us anymore. There's all this stuff in here. And at the end, it yeah. just says, I'm trying, I'm just trying to live my life without feeling guilty. That's. That to me says... But it says, I want to keep my friendship because we've always been there for each other. But that's it. But that to me is not a continue... That's not a reason to continue a friendship. Just because you were always there. They annoy you now. They want to horn in on your new friendship. Right. They 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 get drunk and embarrass you. They guilt you. That does not sound like the basis of a current friendship. That sounds like a nostalgia zombie friendship. Right. And... Mm. I think, like, there are friends of mine from grade school I am still friends with because we have grown together, because we share interests now, because we are more open with each other, and there are ones that I just let die. Right. That I don't talk to them anymore, and I didn't, and it's not a bad thing. It's just we don't have, the only reason we were friends was because we were in the same area together at that time. And I, I... I have allowed those to die and I don't feel guilty about them. And I think the boundary, Grace, that you have to set is not with S. It's with yourself. Ooh. Say that. <laughs> wow. Oh, I really wanted to drop that like that. I'm so happy. I, oh, God, it felt so good, too. That was really good. I'm shaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is. It's just like you have to be – you have to like – be okay with not being friends with us anymore. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. Right. It's not like you're dead to me. It's just like, oh, we don't really hang out. And, you know, because to, to me, some, you went off Instagram because somebody was bothering you about your whereabouts. That's too much. That's, That's too much. That is, that is suffocating to say the least. So it's like you, so, you know, I think between you saying like, because you've put, you're right, Indy. You're worried that these people would embarrass you if you mix them. These are also your friends in a new way. Obviously, like if S meets them in her own context, bless. But it's like, these are the things you're doing. You also then added in that, just to make sure we know, it's like S and Q are a little, uh, can be a little risky in terms of hanging where it's like, 
y'all be out here in Vegas. I can't have you coming in here and just like spreading whatever you got, which is like also a real, a real thing. Like I, I feel that way too. I know friends, people, friends of mine who I know are looser when it comes to COVID stuff. Like we don't interact as much or if we like, or we have to really kind of, I have to be very, um, I have to decide when we meet, like where the location is and stuff like that. Like, because I can't trust that they will not have me inside a bar. Do you know what I mean? And just like, and I'm like, you know, I don't like this. I'm trying to get Naomi in a bar. (laughs) I'm texting Naomi every day. I'm like, get in here. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand why. I see your stories. I don't understand why you would be friends with people that embarrass you. Like all of my friends from grade school, from college, from grad school, I, that I'm still friends with. I don't mind if they mix, and I don't mind if they mix with current friends. Hmm. I feel. I don't. I don't like. I like. There might be a little awkwardness. What? Sorry. No, no. But what you say, Jared? I was just saying. I when people mix, even if I'm not like vehemently opposed to them mixing, when they do, I'm like, (laughs) it does feel like oil and water a little bit, and that might be my own anxiety. But I feel it. I'm not like. Yes. I'm not like uh, very chill about like people from different parts of my life being in the same room. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There could be friction or weirdness or awkwardness or whatever, right? I'm not saying that that's not possible. I'm not embarrassed. I don't think they're I don't you I don't, don't feel think that they're a liability. Yeah, you're not yes. like, oh, they're going to mess something up as much as oh, maybe these people won't share the same interests, but exactly. it's not going to be like a blow up or a, or, or like a moment like it, that. Exactly. Or yeah. like they're not going to get drunk and say embarrassing shit. Right. I just don't. I trust all of my friends from all my different stages of life to not. I don't trust anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But who are you friends with from like grade school? I know. I don't. Yeah, I don't go back to grade school, but like I have a couple, what, just maybe one high school friend who really we bonded (laughs) in college, which is why we're still friends to this day. Like I don't. But I think in part that is for me because I don't like who I was in middle school, high school. And so. People who knew me then, it's almost like there's a lot of shame for me there. You mm. know what I mean? Like, if you knew me back then, it's like, I don't even want to speak of that time. Like, that's not who I am anymore. I don't like the way I was. You know what I mean? Like, it is. And I think that's like probably why then those relationships are not something I cultivated or tried to hold on to. When I was a freshman in college, I had a job. I used to work at the Scholastic Bookstore. Cola Scola worked there. Fun oh, fact. That beautiful bookstore. And Oscar Montoya. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, job to the stars. Job to the stars. Job to the future stars. It was a it was a, a Mickey Mouse club of sorts for gay <laughs> comedians. <laughs> um and <clears throat> I uh that was around the time when I um as a as a little gay boy started inventing outfits. Every little gay boy starts inventing outfits what do you at mean? one point. You know, you go, what if I put a tank top over a t-shirt? <laughs> okay, okay. And you're wore having fun. That. I'm having fun, you know? I'm buying a woman's tank top. I'm putting it over a man's t-shirt. You know, we're playing with the rules, you know, mm-hmm. these 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 big old rules. Um and I had a, um, a a manager, like a floor manager, who would tease me pretty vehemently about it. And I just remember just feeling like, that's not, you're talking about someone who doesn't, he's not here anymore. I'm a new me. 
Don't no. bring up the old me. The new me will put a tank top over a t-shirt. And then maybe tomorrow there's a new me that won't put a tank top over a t-shirt. <laughs> but it won't be because you told me not to, okay? <laughs> like, I just need freedom. You know, I need freedom to, to like just to be malleable, to change, to try on skinny jeans. Not just because it's Halloween and I'm doing it ironically with a <laughs> wink. But really, I just want to buy skinny jeans. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. You know, give, yeah. give people room to try to change and be a little different. Although yeah. I guess it is also really fun to make fun of your friends endlessly. So I get both that. <laughs> but, but make endlessly? fun of them not for this is the thing. You want to rib them for yes. the present, not the past. The people that can't let go of the past that are living there. <laughs> You're ugly right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't like your later hose That's and how to combo. be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I I I don't think I get the picture from this that Grace does not want to be friends with S and Grace just doesn't know how to say, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't think you need to do that. I think you just need to taper off the friendship and just keep tapering and then learn again, really look within and learn to, to dissipate that guilt. Cause you're not, you shouldn't feel guilty for not wanting to be friends with someone who's annoying. <laughs> And not just I shouldn't be saying this not just annoying but no, like but we know actively, all the reasons we talked you sure Grace you laid out the problems with SQ. Yes, you, you laid them out okay we based it on, on like, Instagram if you want to it's like live your life S need to figure out how to make home friends okay and it sounds like S did Jared has to go we can't keep talking about SQ. okay <laughs> sorry Jared I didn't mean to but we didn't mean to keep you past you did not you simply didn't but I have something I, but it's not until three Oh, wow. Okay, thank God. Thank God, a buffer. Yeah. But no, you, yeah, it's like, keep, this is a friendship that's like, hey, how are you? What's up? Happy birthday. Keep it as simple. Texting. Maybe you're having a coffee once a quarter. Okay? And that's it. Or you see him in the neighborhood, and it's like, hey, what's up? How you doing? But like, you know, and this does happen to people who get in relationships and then, you know, do kind of forget how to maintain friendships. You know what I mean? Like if S and Q mm -hmm. are a couple and they live together and then it's like, well, S wants more gal pals. It's like, well, that's not you, S. Okay. You need to figure this out. You need to stop falling off. That was something I never, that's something I hated when friends would do and something I really don't want to, I work hard not to be now. Like a friend who, and it's hard because, I mean, you know, I don't drive and I like to sit in the house, but it's not because I'm trying to be with Andy. It's just because I like to sit in the house. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm not... There was somebody I just saw where they were like, oh, last night I had, friend, I had dinner with my friend Jana, and she was like, yeah, I almost was going to ask you, is Andy coming? And I said, I would never do that to you. <laughs> I would never in a million years. If you and I are texting and we make a plan, he ain't just showing the fuck up, okay? This is not a package deal. That's a sickness. That's a sickness people need to get over, okay? That's what I'm going to say right now, Jerry. Okay. When you get in this relationship, if I see you with this man every damn day, I will try to destroy your relationship. Okay? <laughs> I will try to break it. Yeah. And I think just in general, more heterosexual couples need to break up. <laughs> it's not working. You know it's not working. Look at each it's other. End it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, seems like a great place exactly. to end. Exactly. That's how you end it. Thank yeah. you so much, Jared. 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 This has been so fun. My absolute pleasure. Yes. I, I've learned as much as I have taught. And that's that's the goal every day. <laughs> that's the goal. That's at the, the goal. end of every day. At the end of yeah. every podcast. Yeah.
end of the end of every pod. All right, you guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.